Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Brett McMurphy joining us from the Action Network. Brett, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Hey, good to talk to you again. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing really well, and it's uh, great to talk with you as always. Okay, so let's get to it and get right out of the gate with some um, interesting stuff. Pac-12 ESPN. Everybody's been saying, oh, they're going to be involved in some way, shape, or form. What have you heard about any talks, if any? Uh, Well, Andrew Marshawn of the New York Post reported today that basically ESPN was no longer in serious discussions with Pac-12. Dennis Dodd had reported that also um, actually two or three weeks ago when the Pac-12 were having their spring meetings. And then um, the Athletic reported just the opposite. Uh, I've been told for um, a couple months that ESPN would not be part of the Pac-12 at the amount the Pac-12 wants. So in in theory, I guess, ESPN could have some kind of Pac-12 relationship, but it's not going to be for the money the Pac-12 is seeking. So the question is, you know, how low will the Pac-12 go? ESPN is not going to overbid for this. If anything, they're going to underbid with all the financial issues they, they're having with layoffs and also trying to, you know, figure out how much they want to have going forward, whether it's the NBA, NFL. Certainly the 12-team college football playoff is going to cost a lot. So, um, you know, everything I've heard kind of mirrors what Dennis and Andrew uh, have been reporting in that ESPN will not be the primary partner for the Pac-12 unless you get to the point where the Pac-12 is so desperate where ESPN can get the Pac-12 for pennies on the dollar. Yeah, and that makes complete sense, which puts them in a, in a tough spot. You also wrote a really terrific article on the Magnificent Seven. Look, Jim Phillips has nothing to do with any problems that they have. He's the one that's in charge of solving it. Uh, what is a solution, or are they even close to that? <laughs> I was hoping you'd tell me, because then I could tell Jim. I mean, they're 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 just in a bad spot. I mean, they really are, and it's it's you know everyone you know wants to blame Jim Phillips. It's not his fault. He didn't create this. But then also, you know, everyone's saying, well, John Swafford put him in this position. He did, but if people, you know, they have selective memories. When this happened back in 2016. The ACC got the grant of rights. They got a 10-year, the 20-year deal. They got a 20-year deal um, to keep the conference together. At that point, the, the Big 12 was, you know, a possibility for Florida State. They had board of regent members saying that. Florida State wanted to go to the, go to the Big 12. Um, it was right at, right around when Maryland had went to the Big 10. And so basically the ACC, you know, did this grant of rights deal. They got an ACC network, which is a huge thing back then. 
and I kept the conference together. That was the good news. The bad news is it's a 20-year deal. And, you know, looking back at, at it, you know, everyone's, you know, 2020 vision, but, you know, did the ACC really need a network? Well, they felt like they did because the Big Ten had one, the SEC had one. So now you sign a 20-year grant of rights, and as I as I wrote, um, you know, the other day, you know, basically to, to sum up the position the ACC's in right now, we can we can look at the the wise words of that great historian Meatloaf <laughs> from <laughs> Paradise by the Dashboard Light. I swear I'll love you till the end of time, and now I'm praying for the end of time. So that's kind of the situation the ACC schools are in because the Magnificent Seven, which I, I called them, they all would leave in a heartbeat to get an opportunity to play in the Big Ten or the SEC, more specifically get the money that they would get by being in the Big Ten or the SEC. So my question would be then, uh, Brett, is that if you are a TV network, what is the impetus for you to give more money if you already have deals that have a set number on them? Because we all we know the Big Ten has uh, some clause in it about Notre Dame, but nobody else. Well, it, it, what specific network or conferences are you talking about? Because it's different for everyone. Right. Well, the Big Ten would be the one that has the has the clause so, in it. Yeah. So if you're the Big Ten, you've got 16 schools right now. Obviously, um, next year with SC and UCLA coming on board. So the question is, can you increase your – you already decided you're going to be a national conference. So if you could get into, you know, Oregon – I reported Oregon and Washington have been vetted and approved if the Big Ten wants to go that way. Um, you know, do you go west? Do you, tr- do you hope that somebody from the ACC – climbs over the wall and gets out of the grant of rights. We won't know until somebody tries to do it. But if you're the Big Ten and you can get into the state of Florida, I'm sure that would increase the amount of your TV deal per school. Now, I'm just not talking overall value, but I'm talking after you add in the new members, after you divide the pie up, if the pie, if it's a bigger piece of pie than you had with a 16-team league, right. then that would be the incentive to move forward. The unknown is what does Fox, you know, what does Fox's numbers tell them? CBS, NBC, what does the Big Ten tell them? You know, the Nebraska. I'm sure you saw the stuff. Um, I tweeted it, and yes, the uh, Omaha Ted World Carter. Herald reported. You know, basically, he's the first one that's come out right out and said, yeah there's going to be more expansion. I give him credit. He's being honest. He's saying what everybody's saying privately, but to hear it from a, from a university president, I think it even adds more credibility. Um, but the question is, if you're the Big Ten, you know, how big do you want to go? Where do you want to go? And ultimately, they're not going to do any – nobody has, has added any teams to make less money. So if, if they can't make more money, then they'll stay at 16. But if it's worth more money, again, per school, then I think the Big Ten would go to 18, go to 20. Um, let's get five or ten years down the road. I think they'll be at 24. So will the SEC. But I think the SEC is going to hold pat at 16 unless the Big Ten decides they're going to expand beyond 16. Then I think the SEC would match them 
And then it could get fascinating if you're into these sort of things with teams like North Carolina or maybe even a Virginia, where both the SEC and Big Ten would really want possibly both of those universities because they're not currently in states that they're located. And you could get, you know, a weird kind of uh, bidding war for those schools if, um, it, again, if any of the schools from the ACC are able to get out before 2036. Because uh, North Carolina and Virginia happen to be AAU schools, and Florida State, for example, is not. And we've, at least in the past, Big Ten presidents have valued that above all. But is this more unpredictable now because there are eight new Big Ten presidents? You know, it it really is. And also, and I know Kevin Warren's no longer the commissioner there, but I, I, I spoke to Kevin at Big Ten Media Day last year, um, and I asked him point blank. Is it a requirement for any new members to be AAU members? And he told me no. He's no longer the commissioner. Has that chance? Has that stance changed? Um, you know, I don't know. I don't have that answer. I'll try to find that out this July when I get a chance to talk to the new commissioner. Um, but I, I think you're, I think you're onto something. That it is, it, it is a different environment. I think they're going to look at things differently. And the, the tricky thing about, I mean, Florida State's a huge brand, no matter what their success is right. um, on the field. They're still a huge brand. There's a reason that they're opening up Sunday night primetime against LSU. They're a big, they're a big TV draw. Um, so with Florida State, it, you know, I was talking about, and you mentioned Carolina and Virginia, uh, you know, AAU schools and Florida State's not. If you gave Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, truth serum and said, do you want to add Florida State Miami, he'd say no. But then if you still had some left over and said, okay, well, what if the Big Ten is going to add Florida State Miami? What are your thoughts on Florida State Miami then? I think at that point the SEC may say, we don't really want those guys because we already have the University of Florida. We're fine in the state of Florida. But we also don't want our biggest competitors to come into the state either and so that's where this whole thing's going to get fascinating when when and if some of these guys get out of the ACC is kind of the jockeying for position between the Big 10 and the SEC on some of these on some of these potential members because they're the ones they're the you know we're not we're no longer the power 5 we're the power 2 the middle 3 and the group 5 so those those two leagues will determine you know where all the pieces are moved on the on the board, if you will, kind of like the old game of risk. Where is Brett your mark of the Big Twelve in all of this, in your opinion? Uh, he'd love to add some Power Five schools, but you know it takes two to tango. I think we'll I think we'll know something by July first if Colorado or Arizona decide that they want to leave the Pac twelve. Um, I I think we would know that by July 1st. If they decide to stay in the Pac-12, if the Pac-12 can't sign a grant of rights, uh, if Oregon and Washington are still in the Pac-12, then, um, you know, the Big 12 has a decision to make. Do they want to go after some group of five schools? Um, you know, they uh, it'd be quicker to tell you who they haven't talked to, to be honest, than listen <laughs> everyone they have talked to. Um, 
the the reason for getting them is you're getting someone at a at a lower value that you bring them on board they'll increase value they'll yeah hopefully pay off for you the, the flip side of that is you can get these same teams a year from now so why do anything now so I think your mark is gonna is gonna wait to see what happens if anybody leaves the Pac-12 certainly they would extend an olive branch and if you know getting a couple of years further down the road if some of these schools in the ACC get out and there's a way out of the grant of rights and then it's a mass exodus out of the ACC then certainly I think the Big 12 would make a pitch to any schools that were not uh, picked up by the Big 10 and the SEC to kind of join forces with the Big 12 and at that point you'd have the Big 2 you'd have the Big 12 with you know 14, 16, 18, whatever 20, whatever members they could get. And then if all of that had happened, then basically the Pac-12 would have merged or joined forces with the Mountain West. The ACC, whatever's left over, would have kind of taken teams from the American or whatever. So then you'd kind of have the Big Two, whatever the Big 12 would be, and then whatever's left of, of the conferences in whatever fashion that may be. Yeah, because to me, with the with the NBA rights up and the college football playoff rights coming up, I see networks saving money to to make the and, big and, bids. And the biggest of the biggest and baddest of all, and that's the NFL. Yeah, in the NFL, right? I mean, that's where they're that's where they want to that's where they want to put their money. Uh, and those rights are coming up, so that's why I'm wondering how much money is left for everybody else. Well. Brett, it is always a pleasure because you always have great information, but that's always been your M.O. Well, I appreciate that. I'm just glad I got to, you know, watch the meatloaf, meatloaf video this past week and make sure I had the lyrics right. <laughs> that, that was the best line of the article, by the way. I loved it. So... <laughs> Thanks so, so much. Twitter, is so, I know you got to go. Twitter's so great because you always have funny responses. Somebody, I forgot the one meatloaf song. I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. I guess I should have thrown that in there too for the ACC. <laughs> well, at least you got it slipped it in on this show, and that's good. <laughs> hey, so all, uh, you, all you youngsters out there, go Google meatloaf dashboard paradise by the dashboard light. You'll enjoy it. Thanks so much, Brett. You got it. Thanks, Steve. <laughs>